Welcome into the Mountain Brook Schools podcast. My name is William Galloway. I'm the communications and PR specialist for Mountain Brook Schools. And on today's episode, I'm joined by the literacy coach at Brookwood Forest Elementary, none other than Sammy Davis. Thank you so much for joining us, Sammy. This is, from what I understand, your first podcast. So I'm excited to have you here. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It is my first podcast, um, and I'm just excited to talk with you and uh, just get to tell a little bit about myself and my story. That's what we love to do here on these episodes is talk with teachers and faculty members and get to know them a little bit better um, from their professional career, their personal lives. And we're trying to you know, draw a connection mm-hmm. among faculty and staff members, as well as parents in the community here in Mountain Brook Schools. And so kind of tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of where you went to school, where you grew up, uh, how you got to where you are today. I was born in Montgomery. Uh, we lived there until I was nine years old. And uh, then that kind of began our uh, travel, uh, living different places. And so we lived in Decatur, Alabama for about uh, three and a half years. We lived here in Birmingham. And then uh, actually my sophomore year of high school, we moved to Batavia, Illinois. And that's where I graduated high school. So I got to ask, I got to interrupt here. Excuse me, Batavia, Illinois. (laughs) Yes. The only place in Illinois I know is Chicago. So can you give me some geographical direction? It's about uh, 50 miles um, outside of outside of Chicago. So really small town. Uh, just it was a great place, I think, for me to just do three years. Now, I don't think I could have done any more than that. Um, but it was definitely an experience for me. Um, you know, I met some great friends and had some great experiences. Um, I was on the dance team and got to be a part of, you know, several different clubs. And so I think that was, you know, that helped shape me uh, as a person. Um, my dad actually got transferred back here to Alabama my senior year of high school. And my mom and I decided to stay there uh, so that I could, you know, graduate with that class. And You just wanted one more winter and snow of... Ten, being 10 feet under snow. Let me tell you. you. And that's, you know, that's, of course, the place where I learned to drive. And so I thought, you know, once I've learned to drive in that ice and snow, I'm good to go. You're invincible now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, of course, during that year is when, you know, I had to select where I was going to go to college. And uh, on a visit down to visit my dad, we went to Birmingham Southern. And I just fell in love with that campus. And I knew that's the place that I wanted to go. Um, so that was kind of our journey back to Alabama and have been here ever since. So, uh, and through that, uh, while I was at Birmingham Southern, I was on the dance team and um, met some really great friends, lifelong friends there. And uh, that's actually how the connection for uh, meeting my husband, uh, one of my uh, really good friends, Amanda, was um, part of the dance team. We lived together, and uh, she's from LaGrange, where Doug, my husband's from, and so I met LaGrange, him. LaGrange, Georgia, right? LaGrange, yeah. Georgia. Yes, yeah. So uh, that's that's our connection and how we met. Very cool. So Birmingham Southern, and what you know, you want to get in at this point in your mind, are you wanting to get into education? This is you know your desired field, or where are you now? This is definitely my desired field, and really that began early <laughs> in my childhood, really. Uh, so I've got several, uh, aunts who are educators and I just remember some of my fondest childhood memories were, 
uh, just going to their schools and helping out in their classrooms and uh, they would give me supplies I remember the like the old school grade books Um, I loved having those and and just being able to play school so I think that was definitely always in my heart I knew that that I wanted to teach yeah Um, and really just throughout my throughout my life I've had just experiences with children even when I was a child myself I was you know the cousin who was always gonna you know have a baby on her hip and uh, you know just play with the little ones Uh, in high school I did a program where I could go into an elementary school and you know just read with kids and be with kids and so I knew you know that that's what I wanted to do like I had a passion for that so what was your first job out of college so my first job I actually, so I finished Birmingham Southern in three and a half years. I did some some summer classes. Uh, and so I finished, I, I finished in January of uh, 2006. And uh, I was just given the opportunity to uh, take over a, a first grade classroom at Centerpoint Elementary. Uh, the teacher um, left mid-year and Uh, they needed somebody to come in and so I actually finished up my student teaching there and was just able to transition into that into that classroom jump into a full-time role so full-time role what's what's a bridge us to Mountain Brook and how you got to where you are today okay so uh so I was that first grade teacher from February until the end of that school year um but also during that we had a like a teacher job fair at Birmingham Southern and I remember, I think his name was Dr. Norris, um, who was in charge of um, HR here at, in Mountain Brook Schools. And I remember uh, stopping at his table and just having like this, you know, just really pleasant, wonderful conversation with him. And he actually passed my name over to um, Brookwood Forest. And uh, Yvette Fault was the, was the principal at the time. Drew Jones was the assistant principal. And so... I came over to have a conversation with them, interviewed with them, and, and they offered me the job. Wow. So, and you've, you've been here at Mountain Brook ever yeah, since and at Brookwood yeah. Forest. Yeah, and I was actually, I was a, a, a young baby, 21, wow. <laughs> when I first started at Brookwood Forest. So, wow. Yeah. Um, and then throughout, so, I've, so I'll be entering my 18th year. Um, and so um, 16 of those years, 17 of those years have been at, at Brookwood Forest. I also taught in Trustville at Magnolia Elementary School, um, where our daughter Brinley goes. Wonderful. Yeah, so I did kindergarten there. So um, most of my experience was in kindergarten and first grade. And uh, I'll be starting my second year as literacy coach this year. So Yeah, that's really, really exciting. Um, tell us a little bit about a, a kindergarten and first grade classroom, because, you know, when people think of education obviously that's a huge part of it that's your first step kind of the the first moment for students and also parents very early on uh, some people join the school system with whether they move you know whether mm-hmm. it's junior high or high school uh, but kind of take us into what that level that grade level classroom looks like and what it looked like for you I, I think the thing that stands out the most is the different roles that you play in in a young life um, for somebody who's just entering school. Um, Yes, you're the teacher, but then 
it's almost like you're you know you're you're the mom you're you're the caretaker the nurture the nurturer um you're nourishing them uh introducing them to school and so that you know that's that's a big job you also want them to have uh just a really positive um experience uh, as they're entering school, and so I, I just always keep that in the back of my mind, kept that in the back of my mind, um, and I always just thought that, you know, the academic curriculum is important, but the social curriculum uh, is just as important, and there were times throughout the day even where one weighed out the other, outweighed the other, Right. Um, and so, you know, I was really wanting to, like, teach how, how we can be a classroom community. What does it look like to problem solve? Um, what does it look like to be a helper and to be kind and compassionate and show empathy? And so um, that was throughout the day. Yeah. You know, um, and I wanted it to be a, you know, a classroom full of joy. So we laughed a lot. <laughs> right. And as students matriculate through the school system, I think they remember who was their kindergarten and maybe first grade teacher, specifically kindergarten. Um, and they may not remember all the contents of what they might have colored or glued or cut out and put together um, mm-hmm. or certain events. But you remember, and I think most people in life remember who that, that initial, who that first teacher was that really kind of spurred them on. So that's a unique opportunity to have that and kind of be that starting point um, and that foundation for so many students for mm-hmm. so many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so I told you before uh, we started that I needed some scaffolds because I was a little bit nervous. And so one of the things that I brought to, you know, help tell my story uh, was something that one of my kindergartners wrote. And I think um, this I think this group, this class, she was in a class that are uh, they're in middle school now at the junior high now. Um, And it just got me thinking about what students notice and remember. Um, and it's not always like a particular lesson. It may be like, you know, how they made them feel or, you know, a classroom experience where we came together and gathered together. And so um, so this student wrote, she gave this to me at the, at the end of the school year. It was 10 things that we love about Miss Davis. And I just thought it was a good picture of how, um, you know, kids notice things and they're observant. And um, I've just always kept that and kept these things in the back of my mind for what's important. So I'll just read them real quick. Yeah, please do. Please um, do. She laughs all the time. Uh, she gives us happy rocks. She sings the peanut butter song. She has the best mini lessons for reading workshop. She lets us braid her hair. She gives us popsicles. She never texts on our phone, and that makes us feel special. She gives us caught being good rewards. She wears pretty earrings. She's a great teacher, and we will always have special memories of kindergarten. Wow. So, I mean, that just to me was just really important for me to remember. I feel like, you know, a lot of those things were about, like, um, you know, special attention that I gave. Like, mm-hmm. the one about, you know, she never texts on her phone. Like, this was several years ago. And for that, you know, to have been a big thing. Right. That, you know, that distractions that can come with technology and for her to notice that. I keep that in the back. Of I, my I mind. won't ask you to sing the peanut butter song. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah. We'll have you come back. Um, so now you're you're in your second year as literacy coach, and tell yeah. me a little bit about you know you've spent 
you know, so many years in the classroom, and now you get the opportunity not just with those students you've taught who have now matriculated, some have gone through and passed to the junior high and, and the high school now, uh, but some that you've taught are still, you're still going to have the opportunity to continue to teach through literacy coaching. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about the difference in, in your job now as a literacy coach compared to what you were doing uh, on a daily basis inside one specific classroom. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think I most love about this job is that I'm able to really um, pull in my experience as a kindergarten and first grade teacher. Um, I'm able to pull in those things that um, I've learned along the way, um, but in just a different capacity. Um, I've always had a heart for for literacy, and so just getting the opportunity to, to, to develop that um, even further is it just excites me um, and so and and I always knew that you know Brookwood Forest had great teachers but being able to sit in with different grade levels like I see that even more so um, one of the phrases that I've liked to use the, um, recently was a collect, collective responsibility I think there's um an air of collective responsibility, not just at at Brookwood Forest, but just within Mountain Brook schools, that we're all responsible for um, the growth of children. Um, Like, and that goes back to the academic and the social growth, emotional growth. Um, So it's just, it's been, it was, you know, just a wonderful opportunity uh, to be able to do that. It's an, um, it's a rewarding thing to be a part of uh, the reading and writing lives of students, but then also um, helping teachers grow. And, and in that, I feel like I've grown as well um, because as as a literacy coach, I don't go in knowing all of the answers. Um, I'm more of a, I want to be like a, a thinking partner along with, with teachers or teams of teachers. Um, I want to be a problem solver. And so when you know, when a team or a, you know individual teacher comes to me, um, and I love when they say, "Hey, Sammy, you know, what do you think about this? Like, what can you help me with this?" And uh, just that initial like planning conversation, um, you know, me gathering some ideas and materials for us to use, and then being able to, you know, go into the classroom and uh, help that teacher, and that could look different. Um, that could be you know, me modeling a lesson. Uh, I did some co-teaching this year, which was really helpful. Um, and I think it, it helps students to see that not only just their teacher can help them, but there's other people in the building that's going to be a helper for them in their, in their, in their reading and writing lives. Absolutely. Um, and then that also extends to our, um, our admin uh, Nathan Pittner, our principal, and Ashley Crosno, our assistant principal, uh, they both just have this, uh, I guess it's a special talent and gift, you know, to see things in people and they're helpers too. Um, I think they, you know, push you to be better, to be a better teacher, um, but in a way that feels really safe. Um and, and that just, that, you know, warms my heart. Absolutely. And you've had the chance to see a lot in your years at Brookwood Forest. And, you know, changes in administration, uh, changes in, in your role from um, teaching 
in one classroom to then, you know, teaching the teacher in, in mm-hmm. a sense by being the literacy coach and also helping the students at the same time. Uh, and, and so when we take a look outside of the classroom, outside of the school setting, as, as we kind of get to know you a little bit better, Sammy, mm-hmm. you're, you're sharing with us on this podcast right now. Obviously, this is audio, so y'all can't see, but I can see that you've got this stack of books um, in front of you. And, and just from hearing you talk and talk about your passions for literacy and helping uh, and guiding and leading young lives, uh, it's evident that one of your passions is leadership. It mm-hmm. is reading and sharing and caring and having a personal uh, connection with people. So tell us a little bit more about yourself in terms of your hobbies, uh, your passions outside of your what America likes to call the nine to five. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I think I've got to start with my my family. Um, you know that uh, they they mean so much to me. So. Um, I'm an only child, and also Doug and I have an only child, Brinley. And uh, my parents, they're just wonderful people. And I think anybody who knows me uh, knows how much I care about them and we just really appreciate them. And so, you know, they're the kind of people who, when you're in their presence, like you just, you know, you think to yourself, wow, these are like just some great people. Um and getting a little emotional thinking about them because, you know, I really do love them and appreciate them. Uh, they're the type of parents who are just going to be present and be there for you, and they've always um, done that. I mean, I'm thinking back to, you know, in elementary school, I was in, you know, plays and um, different clubs, and uh, in high school I danced, and in, in college I was on the dance team too, and they were you know, always right there front and center, you know, watching and and cheering me on. And I see that even now just with uh, their interactions with Brinley and how they're just, you know, the greatest grandparents to her. Uh, And then also, I I feel like that's one of the things that, thinking about parents, uh, one of the things that drew me to to Doug and, and just knowing that he was the one for me. It was his. It was his parents too. I loved that how they interacted. Uh, it really reminded me of you know the love that I have with my parents. I felt the same way about them. Um, so that's a little bit about my family. Um, also, have to set to note that I have a really large extended family. Okay. <laughs> um, my mom and her twin sister Brenda and Linda are the last of twelve. 12. Twelve, yes, and uh, wow. my dad's family is a family of eight, oh and my so goodness. we have really large family gatherings. I was about to say the Thanksgiving <laughs> table is probably a mile long. It's goodness. it's pretty large. So Thanksgiving is really big for my family. Um, we are Alabama State University fans. Alabama State is yeah. in in Montgomery, and on Thanksgiving uh, they have a football game. And so we're big tailgaters, and so we have a we usually have a brunch tailgate, and then do y'all we, get like a corner lot or something in the parking lot to do a big family tailgate? Yes, so we do we do RVs, so we've okay. got uh, kind of a so we've got some corner space, uh, and we just spread out. Yeah, <laughs> and you it, probably it's got really yeah, <laughs> it's really fun, and so uh, we go to the game, and then we. Uh, Usually the guys will stick around at the game, and the ladies will uh, go back to my parents' house. That's where we usually gather together. 
and uh, we'll go back there and uh, start preparing the dinner, warming up the dinner. And so uh, we usually eat the Thanksgiving dinner a little bit late, you Mm -hmm. know, with the game being in the middle. But um, I believe last Thanksgiving we counted about eighty people. Oh my so word! So it's a it's a it's a big deal. <laughs> You'd have to invite my whole neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> for there to be eighty people at my family Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, um, so we have fun, and and I think one of the things that you know I think about my family is that we don't just get together for the big holidays, mm-hmm. but we see each other a lot. Yeah. And, are they um, all? Is a lot of your extended family in in Alabama or close by? Yes, a lot of them are. But then you know we've got some who are spread out. We've got um, California. Um, my aunt and uncle lived in Iowa for several years, and they're kind of back and forth between Iowa and Alabama now. And uh, um, we've got a bulk of family members in Chicago. Um, so we're most most here, but then you know spread out some. So wow, that I would. That is, I'm still mind boggled at 80 people trying yeah. to gather in one place. That is remarkable. A lot of turkey. Um, okay, so a couple quick hitters. Mm-hmm. I like to ask, you know, brief, fun question as we kind of wrap this up, and then we're going to let you kind of, you know, open mic to share at the end mm-hmm. with the last word. Sammy, tell us um, if you weren't a teacher and you weren't doing a job in education, what would you be doing? Oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> so. I feel like I would really love being a news reporter. Oh, yeah. You'd be great Like, at it. I feel like, the, but the, the news reporters that are, like, behind the desk, I don't okay. know if I want to be, like, out in the field. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I would love uh, to just give news to people. Um, I really like reading aloud. Um, I didn't talk about that when, you know, when I was thinking about the classroom, but um, reading aloud is just a special thing for me like when I you know when I can read read books aloud to kids or um I did some adjunct work with UAB and so I always made sure to read aloud uh, to my college students um and so when I think about reading aloud like I kind of almost go into like a different place and so you know I've got a voice that I like to use and you know it changes throughout the story and so I feel like I could bring that and like the feeling um to reporting the news so yeah absolutely <laughs> well we need to get you to start doing some voiceovers <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll re- end this podcast recording and then we'll go and just get you some some scripts to read yeah. for mountain brook schools <laughs> i love it uh you, you have a fantastic voice <laughs> thank as well. you thank um, you so this is this I is fun it. to do um all right so some news reporting mm-hmm. and if you this is a fun one i don't think i've asked this before in the lottery uh, on the podcast if uh-huh. you won the p- question is if you won the lottery what would be your first purchase Oh, oh, that's a good one too, William. Um, let's. I think um, I love the notion of like families living together. Yeah. And so, um, so I feel like it would be like really special to you know like be able to um, buy some like houses that are together where uh, all the family could be together. So like be my really parents cool. and then Doug Brindley and I and yeah. then Doug's mom, you know, um, and then whoever else. I think that would be really special to just, you know, have that, to be able to have that shared shared family space. Absolutely. So, um all right, yeah. one one more quick hitter, a little bit generic, but okay. uh, I, I do like to. This tells a lot about a person. So tell us about your favorite music genre, and then if you had to pick a mm. favorite artist and a favorite song, what would that be? 
Oh, okay. So <laughs> I'm laughing a little bit because my husband and I joke that I I'm not that great with as much as I like love reading, like I'm not that great with lyrics. Like sometimes I'll hear songs and I'm like, oh, that's what they were saying. Um, but lately I've been so <laughs> <I'm> the same <laughs> way. <laughs> I've kind of got this. I have a routine for music in the car. Okay. Um, so in the mornings I like to listen to um, my Christian gospel music. Just kind of you know gets my day started. And then, um, not that I don't like listening to that in the afternoons, but after work I you know usually do some. R&B or, you know, just little, some... More celebration <laughs> little more music. Like celebration. <laughs> Put a little energy. Yeah. I've prepared my mind, yeah. you know, for work, and then I go to work, and then it's, you know... Uh, so one of the fondest memories I have is uh, we were on our way to a family reunion in Florida, and um, I believe it was called Juniper, Florida, I believe. And so we were driving, and we were several hours in the car, and uh, my cousin... Uh, I call her Audrey. Her name's Adriana. Um, she's kind of like my little sister. We uh, just had uh, one of Mariah Carey's CDs just on repeat, and we just kind of like you know just belted those songs out. And the, so that's the Christmas album or the no, oh. it's um, uh, Butterfly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So. I'm only familiar with the Mariah Carey yeah. Christmas album. She's a she's <laughs> a seasonal a one. <laughs> yeah she's a seasonal person for yeah. me in terms of music taste. Yeah, um, Sammy, this has been so much fun getting to know you a little bit better and having our listeners you know get to know you. Let's let's kind of as we kind of gear things down towards the end. Um, you know, you you brought some books. You've talked a little bit about your experience. I want to leave you with the last word here on this podcast. Mm-hmm. It could be one minute, three minutes, however long you'd like to share. Appreciation for your job, for mm-hmm. uh, our school system, or what you know, things that have been so impactful for you in your career. I want you to wrap it up for us. Uh, and before you do, I want to remind everybody that this is the Mountain Brook Schools podcast. You can follow us on social media at MTN Brook Schools. Check out our website www.mtnbrook.k12.al.us. And Sammy, bring us home here on this podcast. Podcast. It's been a pleasure to talk with you, uh, and I want you know you to have the last word to share whatever's on your heart and whatever's on your mind. All right. I love that. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, when I'm thinking in terms of, I'll kind of do educator life and then personal life. Um, in terms of educator life, um, I'm thinking about uh, these past uh, – recently, um, I just um, – facilitated a professional development opportunity called Becoming and Building uh, with Tracy Cole, who's a sixth grade teacher at Brookwood Forest. And uh, this is our third year doing this. And um, I've been just grateful to be a part of that because uh, it was all about nourishing ourselves, nourishing our, um, our own reading and writing lives so that we can go out and build readers and writers. And our first year, one of our themes was uh, the marigold effect. Um, Marigolds are companion plants, and so when they are planted near another plant, uh, the growth of the marigold and the other plant is stronger and bigger. And so the same is true for um, schools and, and educators. We want to find our marigolds and so Tracy and I that's what we call each other you know we're in the hallway see each other in the hallway and we're like hey marigold and so um I think it's um it's necessary uh to find those marigolds around and I think we're afforded the opportunity here in Mountain Brook where 
you're going to see those everywhere. You're going to find those everywhere. And that I'm thankful for. I'm thinking back to also my, uh, when I taught kindergarten, uh, I had a team of teachers, uh, Diane Wad, uh, Tara Smith, and Heather Cates. And they were my marigolds. We were, you know, just a, I felt like we were a strong team. And I thought about what what made us strong. And I think, uh, you know, we just did life together. We did school life together. But then it was also important that we, uh, you know, just made each other part of, you know, the other lives of us, too. And so um, we trusted each other. I remember one of the first things that I felt like we did uh, that was like taking a risk was um, we studied the Daily Five uh, structure for teaching reading, uh, promoting independence in readers. And we recorded ourselves uh, teaching parts of a lesson. And then we all sat around and just watched each other. And we learned from each other. We gave each other feedback. And that took trust for us to do that. And so... uh, so I guess my, you know, my words about that would be to find your marigold and uh, to um, build teams that, that have that trust. And then I think as far as uh, just personal life, uh, you know, going back to my family, I think it's important to just gather together. Um, my parents, I feel like, do a great job of, of bringing people together. And so I always, you know, look for opportunities to do that, to, you know, to make connections with others.